So, Unity, how do we, what's our candle? I'll tell you what our candle is. Our candle is correct perception. That's how we light our world. That's how we light ourselves individually. It's how we light the world we're in with correct perception. Taking old-time stuff, we'll call it old-time language, old time, the old stories, and getting a correct view of them, or at least what I call correct, uh, let's call it a new view, an expanded view. And the one I thought of, because tonight's talk isn't about Jesus, interestingly enough, because Christmas Eve, Jesus wasn't here, here yet. Uh, tonight's talk is about Joseph and Mary and the Holy Spirit. And to look at uh, these beings differently, we don't know what actually happened. We know what is written in our Bible. We know the folklore. And I had to think of it. There's a very popular song written by Mark Lowry and Buddy Green called Mary, Did You Know? And so many people love that song. And they love that song because they romanticize Mary and they romanticize Jesus, but they don't do their homework. Uh, to think about that, I uh, heard someone singing it the other day and I thought about it because I'll be honest, I've never loved it. I love the song. It's a beautiful song. But in what we teach, I don't love the song. And, and so I had to look at it and say, what does it mean metaphysically? What does Mary did you know when somebody's singing that to her? Mary, did you know? Did you know? Here's the thing. Here's Mary's answer. You know, we never hear Mary's answer. Here's Mary's answer. No, I did not know. <laughs> I had no idea. And if you read your Bible there later on when they're talking about the adult Jesus and somebody says, well, he's from Jerusalem. They say, or not Jerusalem, Nazareth. He comes from Nazareth. And they say, could anything good come from Nazareth? So no, nobody had a clue when that happened that he would have a Christ awakening later on. But Mary, let's say we go with the Holy Spirit telling her, you're going to have this baby. You're not going to have sex to do it. You're going to do the impossible. We're asking you to say yes to what is impossible. Will you do it? And that Mary could say yes to. Yes, fine. I'll do what's impossible. I have that kind of faith. My faith in my God is so great that I know the impossible can happen through me. I'm going to read something to you here. from comes from Luke. Hello, Luke. First chapter of Luke. It says, the book of Luke begins with the story of ordinary people at different points in their lives. It doesn't say these were special people. It doesn't say they were going to grow up and be movie stars. It doesn't say they were rich. They weren't famous. They were ordinary people. They were from Nazareth. And it says, 
They have been judged as good by the writer of the book. Whoever wrote Luke, it was not Luke, but whoever wrote Luke uh, judged these people as good. But this judgment is irrelevant. For if it was their goodness that made them worthy of the Holy Spirit, others could be judged as unworthy. So you see, we can't afford that judgment. We can't identify with the writer and say, oh, these people were good. And even though people have been doing it for a few centuries now, uh, several centuries, lots and lots, uh, they've been wrong. They've made the, these people special. And they weren't special, except that they said, yes. Yes, I'll give it a try. I'll give it a try to think, okay, the impossible is possible. That's the example within that. Each one is worthy and each one has received the Holy Spirit. There are no differences among people. All are loved as precious. All are cared for. All receive guidance. And all are called to return to the Lord or the law. The form of their calling and their path may seem different, but its purpose is the same. You who are reading this are blessed, for you are beloved beyond measure. How do I, how could we, why are we so beloved beyond, beyond measure? We're not special. I'll tell you why we are beloved beyond measure, because we're taking the time to read this. We are so loving ourselves that we are taking the time to rethink uh, an allegory that has been called history. So the Holy Spirit is born in you. You are everything complete in God. That I believe. The kingdom is within our awareness, for God's kingdom is our kingdom. Yes, dear one, you are the one. Together, we will learn this lesson. Amen. And so, we read that. And then, let me read the beginning of Matthew here. Our friend Joseph. Joseph had a question in his mind. And he was unsure about what he should do. Although he had a thought as to what he should do, he did not consider it decided. He left his mind open because he was unsure. And in his choice to remain open, he asked for wisdom. And the wisdom was given him. He recognized it and he did as it asked. Now this is a symbol for all of us to follow in all things. In every decision that we are to make. And we're guided to make hundreds and hundreds of them every single day. Hundreds of decisions to, to go do the dishes now or later. To watch this show or this show or this show or this show, because we all have thousands of channels now. Or to not watch anything at all. To have this meaningful conversation now or put it off till later. To bathe or to not bathe. To love ourselves or to not love ourselves. Just hundreds and hundreds of decisions to be made every day. We take them for granted and we do our best or kind of our best. Some of us do our best 
with getting guidance. And some of us don't ask. And that's what this part is about. Ideas may come, but if you do not know they are of spirit, consider them not decided. Be open to new guidance, but do not worry if different guidance does not come. If you do not feel clearly that you are to do something different than that which you thought to do, do that which you thought to do and trust it is from spirit. That is what Holy Spirit is telling us in this book. I I'm so glad I discovered something called Holy Spirit. Years ago, it was introduced to me. I didn't get it. You know, I grew up Holy Ghost, Father, Son, Holy Ghost. Didn't have a clue what any of it meant. And then one day I did some research. And uh, when, when, when I discovered later on when Jesus said, I will send you a comforter. Now, what is a comforter except a voice within us that tells us the truth, the absolute truth about ourselves. A voice within us that speaks not about love, but from love. A, a voice that speaks from within us of authenticity and kindness and generosity and reminds us all the time we are good and we don't have to hurt ourselves anymore and we don't have to hurt each other anymore. That's the voice I speak of, and that is the voice we ought to be seeking through the hundreds of decisions all day long. And one might think, oh my gosh, that's a lot of praying. That's a lot of asking. How am I supposed to go through the whole TV guide? This one, this one, or this one? And it's not about that. It's about what I use as spirit. Tell me what to think. Tell me what to think about this TV. Tell me what to think about this paper I'm about to write. Tell me what to think about these people I'm about to see. Tell me what to think about myself and my own thinking. Tell me what to think about this book. Tell me what to think about this piano. Spirit, I am open and I am listening. And that is the point of Mary. And that is the point of Joseph. They, let's consider them they, uh, in, in this allegory, they were in touch with the Holy Spirit. See, Jesus didn't create the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had always existed. We call it that because we didn't know what else to call it. We can also call it the Comforter. We can also call it the Highest Consciousness. We can also call it our Christ Awakened. We can call it a lot of things, our super conscious mind. But it speaks to us and through us. And it speaks to us and through us individually. It may speak to us as a group, but we as individuals hear it. Because it speaks to us individually in a voice that we can hear should we choose to listen. So this Christmas Eve is once again a reminder we have the opportunity to listen. We have the opportunity to put our story away. Not with guilt, not with, oh, I've got to get rid of this story because it's her. No, 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 no. Spirit couldn't care less about that. But to put the story away so that we can come into the present moment and say yes to the impossible. Later on, when Jesus went to the grave of his best friend, and it says he looked upward. That doesn't mean he looked at the sky. It means he looked to his highest, his superconscious mind. 
It doesn't mean he said, I hope this works. He looked to his highest mind knowing, is this possible? And when he heard the voice that said, yes, it's possible, he said, Lazarus, come forth. And his friend came forth from the grave. And so there were all sorts of miracles we hear about in our Bible. But there are all sorts of miracles that are happening every day in our lives and we're not noticing them. How do I know that? Because we still have complaints. We're still looking at what's wrong on so many levels. Not every level. We all have different levels of what we think is wrong and what we want to complain about or criticize. We all have different uh, things that we think ought not be happening. And on those things that we think ought not be happening is where we especially need to say, okay, God, Holy Spirit, tell me what to think about this. Christ in me is awake now. I am open. I am listening. Let me follow in the footsteps of all those who have gone before me that have trusted the divine voice within them. Let me call upon those beings. Because if we are all one, we don't want to call on the complainers. Because they will and energetically come to us to tell us what to complain about, what to find fault with. We want to find the beings who have trusted, who have moved forward in a divine faith in good. A divine faith, let me say it again, that the impossible is possible. There have been so many things in my life I know that it's, it's I'm never going to find this. I've lost it. It's gone. Somebody stole it. Somebody this. And then it turns up. It's like, really? I thought somebody stole it. I thought somebody wanted to take my good. Because that's where I landed when I forgot to call upon the voice of guidance, the, the, the comforter. So, this divine voice spoke to Mary and said, you're going to have a baby. And you're not going to be able to explain it. And your neighbors are going to call you names. And think that you have done things that are not socially acceptable. And you're not going to have a clue what it means. You're going to have no idea of what the outcome is going to be. So later on, when they say, Mary, did you know? You're going to say, no, I didn't know. That's ridiculous that something like that could happen. Mrs. Moninger, did you know? No, no, he's, oh, no, good heavens, not my son. I haven't even met my son yet, but no, that's not, not one of my children. We come from Washington, Pennsylvania. They don't go to Connecticut and become ministers. It's, you know, it's, it's not that I am uh, so amazing, but I was not predictable. This could not be predicted. I'm here because I heard a voice and I said, yes. And I have no idea what it means to be a new thought minister, but I wanted I loved it. I wanted to do it because I could feel my own thoughts change. I could see my own life change, and I wanted to pass along the word. We have a couple other ministers here today who wanted to pass along the word. We have other people who have accepted healings in ways that they had no idea the outcome would be. 
You know, most of us, 30 years ago, you two, we weren't around 30 years ago, uh, if you've been asked, would you do this, but I'm not going to tell you why, you know, <laughs> would you guys, some of you, drink as much as you possibly can till you are in a living hell so that you can stop drinking, feel the misery and discomfort of that, and then go on and help people. Except you didn't get to hear that part. <laughs> what you heard was, hey, would you like a cocktail? <laughs> Here, these are the kind of cigarettes I smoke. Do you want to try these? <laughs> drugs, drugs, they're, they're, they, you, don't worry, you won't get addicted. Just try this. It'll be great. You'll feel great. Be nice to this person. Yeah, she's going to yell at you, but be nice anyway. But, you know, it's all these things. It's all these things. You know, somebody had said to me at 12, yeah, go, you guys, this is not, <laughs> do not try this at home. Uh, at 12, go steal your mother's car <laughs> and drive all over town. For days on end until you become addicted to driving all over town. To the point where it puts everybody in your family in, in, in just misery. And I said, oh, oh, I didn't hear the misery part. I just heard, ooh, I get to drive. I better get a set of keys. <laughs> and then I taught myself. And then I got addicted to driving all over town at 12 and 13 and 14 years old. Here's the problem with it. Something like that. I had a secret now. Now I had a secret. And this is the part you guys can listen to. It's the part all of you can listen to. The problem with doing things like this out of integrity is that you are bound to a secret unless you decide to come clean. And there was no way I was going to come clean. They ended up finding out several times. And I couldn't understand why they were upset. I was a very good driver. But... <laughs> But I was stuck with a secret. And there's a wonderful saying. We are as sick as our secrets. And so here we are with Mary again. Mary, did you know? Mary, you're going to do this. And I need you to say yes to it. And basically, you're going to have to have a, be a secret. Because nobody's going to believe if you tell the truth. Joseph, same for you. Nobody's going to believe if you tell the truth. Your neighbors are going to think you are bonkers. Let's face it. If any one of us tonight, if Jesus showed up at our house and had a meal and a nice conversation, who's going to believe you tomorrow? They're going to think, oh, they imagined that, that dear religious thing. Huh. Huh. That, but of course, that didn't happen. The people of the greatest faith, I, I, I think, they don't really believe that the impossible can happen for themselves. Yeah, maybe the impossible can happen for people in history. But right now, the impossible isn't happening for anyone except it is. It is December 24th of 2021, and we are up here above a Ford dealership talking about God and Mary and Joseph and Holy Spirit. 
and stealing cars at 12. <laughs> we are up here because we want to be. We showed up tonight to get a new perspective on this while celebrating the myth. You see, the myth is fine if it helps you to be a better you. The myth is useless if it's only making a better him or a better them. That myth is pointless. That's not making the impossible possible. That's making the impossible really kind of ridiculous. You and I, the impossible has to be possible for us. And I encourage you, every time you become discouraged, to think about all the impossibles that have taken place in your life. All the things, all the trials and tribulations you have been asked to deal with. And say, Spirit, tell me what to think about this so that I may prove the principle true. That's our great opportunity. And that is what makes tonight a very holy night. Thank you.